<laughs> okay, I'm gonna pray. Dear Lord, we're here because we wanna know you more. And that's the start of it. The start of it is knowing you and knowing your love and that you are love and that you've changed our life through your son. And through that knowledge, <laughs> and through that knowledge, we just want to make you known to the world. We thank you, we love you, we praise you, we dedicate this night to you. Amen. Okay, so tonight, I want to start with, I should probably pull them up, that would be helpful. <laughs> well, I did start with prayer. You're right, you're right. But I've got some, <laughs> yeah, good one. Um, but... So, I think the Lord speaks to me, and I believe that. And it's been so exciting to realize that more and understand that more and see the ways that He does. And so, I want to start, I started with prayer, but I want to bring up these lyrics um, from a Coldplay song. And it's not always like <laughs> as traditional. I know, I know. I know, it's funny. We've talked about different things. But really, the Lord has... Um, <laughs> the Lord can speak outside of a Sunday morning. This outside of the church building. This is a retreat for like, little girls. And we talked about how secular music can be used to redeem our understanding of the love of God. So, like, yeah. you gotta laugh, but... like, It's pretty cool, though. No, it's really cool, and that's been... That's been a big, like, pattern the past couple of years for me. Like, I love music, and music is something I have on quite a bit, and whether I'm doing the dishes or like, laundry or whatever, and there'll be songs that are not necessarily, like, set apart as worship songs, but I'll hear a lyric or I'll hear a line, and I'll be like, whoa, like, that talks about, like, the character of God, or, like, and they don't even know that that's what they're saying, and anyway, so this happened um, about, like, three months ago when I first moved into this house. I listened to this Coldplay song called The Scientist. It's one of like my favorite songs. And so I'm gonna read the first lyrics, um, through the first verse, because it just really struck me that this is how we should go before God, and this is how we can communicate with God and vice versa. And we're gonna talk about those and how um, scripture just points to knowing God and being intimate with God and then revealing those <coughs> things to other people. So the lyrics from the Coldplay song, it says, Come up to meet you, tell you I'm sorry. You don't know how lovely you are. I had to find you, tell you I need you, tell you I set you apart. Tell me your secrets and ask me your questions. Oh, let's go back to the start. And so I hope we see and you'll begin to see how those lyrics and for me the revelation that I had through those that we come before God <laughs> asking him, our questions and asking him to tell us secrets and so we're going to talk about that and what it means to know God and what it means to set him apart and for us to set and for him us to set him to set us apart yeah yeah I got there so let's get into some scripture now <laughs> Jeez, okay so I've got first Corinthians 4 1 can somebody read it for me this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries and so we're Christians, right? I think everyone in this room would call themselves a Christian. So it would make sense <laughs> that we are servants of Christ. We bear his name in that way. 
And so Paul's talking to the Corinthians and he says, yes, like you should be regarded as a servant. And we talked about last week about what it means to serve God in that way. I think that's a really key and important part of following Christ is knowing him and knowing what it means to be his servant. But this next part I was really interested in as well. It says the stewards of the mystery of God. And so I want to talk about that of like, what does it mean to steward the mysteries of God? What does it mean when we receive revelation and we talk to God? What do we do with it? What does it lead us to? How does communicating with God change our lives and change other people's lives? Let's do Jeremiah 29, 13, please. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So how do we know God? How do we get to know him? We seek him with our heart and with all of us. We seek and we find him. And that's what it means. With the center of our being, we go after knowing Christ and knowing God in that way. Psalms 39, 17. 139, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Psalms 139, 17. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. And so, do we think about it that way, that we can communicate with God? I'm going to read um, a verse from Hebrews, but it says, like, go boldly before the throne. Do we realize, like, the awe and the wonder that we can know God's thoughts? And in that Coldplay song, it was saying, like, ask me your questions. Tell me your secrets. Like, I want to know the things of the Lord because they change me and they make me not only a better person and again it's not just about being a better person it's not self-help and um (laughs) i had a friend recently talk about how reading the bible um and we're doing a lot reading scripture tonight there's a lot of verses and he was saying when you read the bible it's a lot more interesting when you read it to get to know god when you read it to have revelation (laughs) than just reading a self-help self-help book Like, it means a lot more when we're not just trying to make ourselves better and try and navigate this crazy world through, like, wisdom and prophecy and some guy who walked on the earth thousands of years ago. It means more when we're trying to understand the nature and the character of God and how he set us apart. It just means more. (laughs) And it changes everything when you look at it in that light and that our first and foremost, like, goal is to know God and to know Christ and everything flows from that and I know this seems kind of basic but we have to start with that in anything and it says in Revelations when um, they're talking to a church it's Ephesus in chapter 2 and it talks about how they were doing things well like they were (laughs) they were serving they were doing a lot of things in the name of Christ but they had forgotten why they were doing it they had forgotten their first love (sighs) (laughs) No, you're good. I probably said you're good. Let's keep reading from Psalms 139, 1 through 4. O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. So, in that, we get to know God, but God also knows us. And I think with those lyrics... The Coldplay lyrics, they go hand in hand. Some of them are talking about how we get to know God, but God gets to tell us that we are lovely, that he set us apart. He gets to remind us that (laughs) we're not um, to be condemned, we're to be convicted and to be set apart and to be righteous and to be made holy. And so, yeah, like it goes both ways. Like any relationship, you get to know one person and the other person gets to know each other. And I think that's really important to remember in our relationship with God and something we 
kind of compartmentalize. Either it's God knowing us or us knowing God, and it is a little bit more fluid. Let's do 1 John 4, 7 through 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. (laughs) So this is pretty simple. But God is love. And not the world's version of love. (laughs) And not a counterfeit. He is a sacrificial God who gave his son. And it says, you know, one of the greatest, the greatest of love is to lay down your life for another. And God did that with his son. And love is about sacrifice. And when you give your whole life to someone, I would hope you love them. (laughs) I would hope that you would want to chase after the things that they are. And you would want to know them and know the person who you are serving. And that's really, really important and really key. And I think we get that backwards a lot of times and why you see a lot of churches who don't represent Christ well is because they don't know Christ or they don't know God as well as they could and they run out of knowledge. It says in Romans, I think it's 10, where it's like they have a zeal for Christ and then but they lack the knowledge. And so they have all this like passion and that's great and like, yes, you should be passionate about the Lord and you should be chasing after that. But if you don't know him, then like, what's the point? What are you representing? Let's keep going. First Corinthians thirteen two. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. So we're gonna get there, but a lot about tonight and with those lyrics, like asking those questions and asking God to tell us secrets, it is about like revealing things and revealing His heart. But if we do those again and don't love. And we see in the verse before this that God is love. If we leave him out of that equation, it's in vain. It's empty. It is just like things of this world. It's it's not set apart. If it doesn't have God, it doesn't have a spirit. It doesn't mean anything. And so that's what we're after. We're after God and not (laughs) all these things of God. And a lot of those are just a byproduct. But I've seen, again, in other churches, just the idea of like, uh, people talk about it a lot, but like the vending machine God, that God just like gives them gifts, you know? And it's kind of overused, but I think it's a good example where like we're just like trying to get things or we're just trying to have miracles or show off and show that like all these different things. And it's like, yes, like our God is powerful and he can do those things, but that's not the goal. And I think a lot of times when people say that they're Christians, they say that the goal is eternal life. And we're going to talk about like, what maybe actually is eternal life and we see that through the new covenant and let's go to jeremiah 31 or yeah 31 33 through 34. but this is the covenant that i will make with the house of israel after those days declares the lord i will put my law within them and i will write it on their hearts and i will be their god and they shall be my people and no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying know the lord for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. This is a big deal. (laughs) Like, this is the new covenant. This is God saying that no longer is it going to (laughs) be all these laws and things you have to do. No longer are you going to have to live under condemnation. That he's going to send his son, and he's going to send his son to not condemn the world, it's another verse, but to save it. 
And so when we see this and we recognize that now we are living in the new covenant, Jesus has come and we're under that covenant as well, how does that change things? How does that help us <laughs> reveal the mysteries of God and that God is the mystery? Let's go to Luke 2, or Luke 12, <laughs> 29 through 32. Numbers are hard. Jeez. And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, <laughs> nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So Jesus says that, and in the Old Covenant, um, to set the Jewish people, the nation of God, apart, they did have to worry about what they ate and different things because it was to keep them clean and to keep them, like I said, set apart. And a lot of those, Leviticus is just really interesting as well, like a lot of those things were also to just like safety precautions. And like, it's just really cool to, if you read those laws, trying to understand the nature of God would be a plug to anyway but we'll keep going with that um but yeah so he's saying like with this new covenant um and then there's a part in romans as well like you don't have to necessarily worry about like eating and drinking you need to worry about the things of the kingdom and the things of the kingdom are more than just eating and drinking and so seek the kingdom and things will be added to you and the lord <laughs> is good and so we see that jesus coming to um, bring in a new covenant, bring in a new air of God and his people and how they interact. Philippians 3, 8. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing... I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ. Do you count everything as lost in order... <laughs> to know Jesus in order to know that surpassing worth? I think that's a question we have to remind ourselves and ask ourselves and when we're in the face of making <laughs> hard decisions or being convicted or trying to understand the ways of the kingdom, does nothing else matter except knowing God? It's a tough question to ask, but we have to because if we're going to steward and we're going to be his disciples and we're going to be his church and his representation on the earth, we have to know him, and we have to make that our first priority. John seventeen three. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So, I said this earlier, but a lot of people I've seen are Christians because, we'll talk about it a little bit more, but because they just don't want to burn in hell. That, like, turn or burn whole side of things that is awful. Um... And so they want to have eternal life. And like, me too. Like, that sounds really exciting. Like, I want that. But if we have eternal life and we're in communication with God, then God is eternal life. Like, God is the prize. To know him is to have eternal life. If you don't know God, you can't have eternal life. And so I think this verse really just, like, <laughs> hit it on the head for me, like, realizing, like, we kind of say this phrase, eternal life, and I was like, okay, what is eternal life? It spells it out here, like, it's knowing the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom he sent. First John 5, 20. We know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. 
He is the true God and eternal life. <laughs> Just to reiterate it, like, we are in Him. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and what that <laughs> looks like, but we are in unity with Christ through the Holy Spirit, and through that we gain eternal life, through knowing God. That is the goal. God is the goal. Not just eternal life, but out of his good and loving kindness, he gives us good gifts. And like, there are <laughs> benefits to being a Christian. Yes, like immense benefits. But again, like that's not what we're after. Isaiah twenty nine thirteen. Yikes. <laughs> Honestly. And again, not to bash on like everything, but I see this so prevalent around us and in the church and it slipped in and so many people who have a Bible verse in their Instagram bio or whatever and they can't even quote it. They don't even like know it. They it's not like set in their heart. It's just something that sounded good at the time. And it's not about lip service. It's not about like what just what you say. Cuz there's more to know and there's more to do and and that just falls flat. And again at the end it says their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. I go back to that like turn or burn. Like their fear of God is that like <laughs> commandment of men trying to shove that down their throat. Um and again looking at the Bible for revelation for understanding of god <laughs> i've in the past like six months reworked my whole uh, theology of hell and like that's been wild i know a lot of us have and so like just to plug that like there is like more to know and more to understand and we can't just like take what people say at face value we have to like dig in because like it could just be lip service and we need to look at their works and it says um i think somewhere in matthew like you will know them by their fruit and you will know like the false like prophets who like try and take people away from God and you will also know like the Christians by their fruit not necessarily just by their words Hosea 6 6 for I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings so this is still back in the old covenant and this is still when like they were offering things to God and they were because of the law and that it hasn't been fulfilled yet through Jesus, they still had to sacrifice things in that way because they were set apart from all the other nations. But even then, God was saying, even though I've asked for these burnt offerings and this is how you stay clean and you have this whole ritual that I've told you to do, like, that is from me, I still would rather have your love. <laughs> like, that's still more important. That still trumps everything else. Like, my, your love for me and my love for you still trumps everything else. Daniel eleven thirty two. He shall seduce with flattery those who violate the covenant. But the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action. <sighs> There's a lot of stuff going on out there. There's a lot of things you can submit to, a lot of other spirits, a lot of other um, clubs you could join, a lot of other people you could serve. And if you don't know God, <laughs> you might be seduced. <laughs> you might be like led astray. And that's why there's so much talk about um, protecting your doctrine and knowing, like, knowing the principles of the faith, which we talked about in Hebrews. And that's why it says, like, so you're not caught up by every wind of doctrine. 
And the best way I know to not be caught up in that is to know God and to listen to him and to read his Bible and to communicate with his body. Because it's really easy to get led astray. It really is. You have to be diligent in order to not be. But if you know God, then you can stand firm and, like I said before, take that action. Not just speak the words, but take the action. Hebrews seven or Hebrews twelve seven through eleven. I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm gonna end it. I'm gonna. The numbers are all blurring. Maybe it's just the font. I'll use different font next time. Hebrews twelve seven through eleven. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are Ill, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? There's another. Keep going. For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And so here we see that... <laughs> Knowing God means being his child (laughs) and that he is our good and loving father, but a father disciplines his children. (laughs) And we also see that, yes, that also happens in the world, but it looks different. It's more (laughs) intense. It's more life-changing when it happens through the Father and through the Holy Spirit. Because there are good things that can happen (laughs) in this world, and there are good fathers of this world. And, like, that's amazing, and they can show us the love of Christ, but also, like, we have to go to God to get that ultimate love. And so I want to keep that in mind because we're going to talk about mysteries and revelations at the end. Um, Not just the book of Revelation, sorry. Like, revelations is, like, God revealing us to things. (laughs) I just want to put that out there, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we're going to read the whole thing. I, no, there's not. So, <laughs> um, so, so back on track, though. Um, so, but the things that God reveal will not always be easy, and I think that's a trap that I've fallen in, or a trap that I've seen other Christians fall in. Is as soon as like God tells them something that they don't want to hear, they run away because it's hard, <laughs> or. Um, just so many other ways that that we have to realize that the Lord has like our best (laughs) interest at mind like the Lord is beginning to know us the Lord wants us to like have life and life more abundant and if he didn't love us then he just let us do whatever we want like he disciplines us because he loves us because he wants us to mature because he wants us to be his faithful representation so that discipline is not a punishment I know we've talked about that but I think that's a really big shift and honestly like a revelation that he has revealed to some of us in this group that is really important and something that like I want you guys to share with other people because that's a big one (laughs) let's go to another uh, section in Hebrews Hebrews 4 11 through 16 let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience for the word of God is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, the discerning of thoughts and intentions of the heart. 
and no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we, have, we must give account. And so again, we use this verse a lot in this group, but really the, <laughs> the nature of God, the word of God, who is like <laughs> the representation of God on the earth. Like it's not just the Bible. It is like it says in the beginning of John, like the word was God and the word was God in the beginning. So like the spirit, like who God is, like will cut you to the heart. Like will division between like uh, joints and marrow, like that's like a deep cut, a sharp, direct, like here you go. And it it will be painful and like it'll be it'll be something that will make you like reckon with yourself and with life and it's hard but it's like so worth it because we get to know God it's so worth it because like the things that we've had to go through will help other people and will help them see the nature of God and hopefully like they don't have to go through all those hard things that we did but like God will still speak to them in that way and we just have to remember how powerful God is and that he sees us. And I know we've done some teachings about like being naked before God, like being exposed, like God is going to see it eventually. <laughs> like eventually like all will be exposed. And so, but he wants to see it now. Like he wants like for you to have, again, I go back to that, like life and life more abundantly. Like it might not always look like it in the beginning, but if you can like work through that and go boldly before the throne, because um, I think that's the next section. Yeah, I keep reading this, Emily, if you will. For all who are oh, oh, hold on. Oh, there, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're good. You it. Yeah, <laughs> read that section. <laughs> Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, there we go. the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are. Mm-hmm. yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Okay, there we go. So that was the end of the Hebrews 4, 11 through 16. Um, and there we got there. Yeah, so like <laughs> because of Jesus, because of what he did on the cross, we can go before the throne and we can now like <laughs> be able to communicate with God and like that is such an incredible and vast thing and like that is like part of the new covenant that it's no longer just like this nation the israelites like it's for all people if they choose it and so we can go confident and we can receive that grace and mercy we can receive favor we can receive good gifts from the father but we also like receive what we don't deserve or what we receive like we didn't what we did deserve we don't get if that makes sense i had to word it better but like we deserve death and sorry there you go yeah yeah no no no, i'm getting it like we deserve death and we don't receive that and that is like the mercy of it that something that we were supposed to receive that punishment can be taken away and on top of that we get life (laughs) so that's the grace and mercy going hand in hand and he will help us in that time of need and so that's the type of god we serve and i hope that's the type of god that you want to know more because he is incredible and he has changed so many of our lives. And a next, the next big section is talking about being sons again and the Holy Spirit. And this is like where a lot of my faith started to take a turn when I started to understand that like the Holy Spirit is alive and active and can like, is like the part of my faith that I was missing. Can somebody read it? Romans eight fourteen through 17. For all who are the Spirit of God are sons of God. 
you mm-hmm. receive the spirit of adoption, as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God, and have children and heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ, provided we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him. And so, the Spirit. Like, the Spirit is important, and we can't leave it out of any teaching. Um, and because of, again, I keep going back, what Christ did, we're able to receive that Spirit. Christ says it's better that he would leave so that we can have it. And we're able to go before God. And it's just incredible that, that we can bear witness to what Christ has done in our own lives through the Spirit. And it also says, um, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified. And a lot of sometimes I see in the church, like people think that being a Christian is all about like suffering or um, what is it? Aestheticism? Aestheticism is like that weird thing too that the church does sometimes where they think that you have to be like tortured for Christ or like not eat or like deplete yourself like completely. And like, I don't think like, again, (laughs) geez, life and life more abundant. Like I don't see asceticism as that and as like being able to proclaim the glory of God in that way. But the suffering like is choosing to die, choosing to like, (laughs) you know, it says die to yourself daily, like pick up your cross. Like you will have to fight against like the things of this world, but like we suffer so that he can gain glory. We put ourselves to death so that like God can gain glory. 1 Corinthians 4, 1. We've already read this, but I want to read it again so we keep ourselves on track, and now we're moving in a little bit different of a direction, um, going back to the lyrics that we see that God has set us apart, that we are setting God apart, and now we begin to get into that section of, you know, how do we, <laughs> how do we reveal those mysteries? Because God is a mystery, but there's also more to him and that he wants to share with us. So somebody read it for me. Okay, so Jeremiah 33, 3. Thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. (laughs) So the Lord wants to tell you things that (laughs) you don't know yet. The things that are hidden, the things that are on his heart, because you seek after his heart. And in the beginning of this, they (laughs) clarify it. They say, this God, the one who made the earth, the one who established it, the Lord, not any other God, this God is the one who will tell you the secrets and the things unhidden. And you search after the God above gods. Colossians 1, 24 through 27. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. That is the church of which I became minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of, the, of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So that last part. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. What mystery? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so (laughs) the big mystery of God and and understanding who he is and, 
and understanding how he's represented on this earth is Christ in us. That is the mystery. That is what people are searching for, for his set out people, because God deserves worship. (laughs) He is worthy of worship. And people are looking for God, but also the demonstration that he's even worth (laughs) worshiping. Because if they don't see that he's not worth worshiping, if they don't see that he's not changing people's lives, then why would they be a Christian? I've had that big thing recently, like, why are people not Christians or why are people not taking their faith seriously? It's because they haven't seen the power of God. (laughs) They haven't seen that we (laughs) are suffering for his sake, but that we're revealing the hidden mysteries of God and we're going before him and we're learning things and we're not just um, taking on old traditions, (laughs) but we know why we do things and we have a purpose for them and we have spoken to God about them. And I think a lot of Solomon and David, and I didn't put any verses in here from them, but they're great characters. They're not characters. They're people of the Bible. They're like actual people. Um, <laughs> no, I had, I had that big thing recently. Um, this is kind of a tangent. But my, who was it? it was my sister who was talking to my nephew about it. And she was like, yeah, the character Moses in the Bible. And I was like, but he was a real person. Like, it wasn't just like some like character. It's not like some story. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it's not just like Hunger Games. Like, I don't know. Like, they were real people who like experienced God and, and we can look up to and they're like the forerunners of our faith so david and solomon um if you read throughout the book of samuel and second first samuel and second samuel you'll see all around that david like inquires of the lord like all the time he's inquiring he's asking the lord like what are these questions like what should i do next all this stuff like he goes to the lord and like he doesn't um (laughs) make a decision like without that And that's like it says also in the Bible, David is like a man after God's own heart and because he knew God's heart. I believe that. And so, and Solomon as well, um, we'll get there, but he, he asked the Lord of things and he asked him for wisdom and it was given to him. And um, it's just like, we can remember that there were people who looked for the Lord. And that's why I think the Bible is just like so cool that we can look back and see how God has changed people's lives in the past and he's still changing people's lives today. John 15, 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And so the Helper is another translation for the Holy Spirit. And again, we talked about how Jesus left so the Holy Spirit could come, but the Holy Spirit bears witness to God and bears witness to Christ and what he did. And so that's really important. Are we, through the Holy Spirit, are we bearing witness to what Christ has done in our lives? And we see this in Acts 17. Acts 17, 22 through 31. It's a couple slides, so whoever wants to read it. Thanks. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an altar with this inscription, To the unknown God. What therefore you worship is unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, 
having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God, and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said. For we are indeed his offspring. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of men. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. So we see how Paul goes before people who are serving an unknown God, people who are Gentiles who were not originally part of God's nation, but because of Christ are grafted in and all people can be a part of his nation. And we see Paul's response and he's like, no, like, how could you worship but God? You don't know when you could know a God, when you could intimately know this God. Why would you choose to worship anything other? Because you can't know it as well as you know our God. And I think this is just so important that there are a lot of people out there who are serving unknown gods. There are a lot of people out there who are broken and hurting and confused and are led by their own passions of this world and just don't understand the power of Christ. And this is what Paul responded to them. And I encourage you to go read all of Acts 17, actually. It's a really cool chapter. It talks about the Berean Jews as well, who were a group of Jews who were testing the scriptures, who were more noble because they looked into what they were being taught, because they wanted to know that it was fact and that they weren't being led astray, and they wanted to know who Paul was telling them about. And not just Paul's words, but they wanted to know him. And so it also brings me to the question too, like, are you serving an unknown God? Like, do you not know the God that you are serving as well? And I want you to, and we want to help you find that, but like, you also have to search for it. You also have to seek. You can only like ride on the coattails of other people's faith for so long, (laughs) honestly. And so you have examples and you have people you can imitate, but like, (laughs) let it become like who you are and like you imitate Christ as well. Like it says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Paul says that, but like it doesn't just stop at imitating me. Like he's imitating Christ. Like Christ is the end goal again. Ephesians 3, 8 through 10. To me, though, I am the very least of all the saints. This grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring the light for everyone what is, what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom, manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. And so we see here that through Christ, the unsearchable riches of Christ, that the Gentiles now, people who were not Jews, are now able to be a part of God's kingdom. And we see too that through the church, through God's set-apart people, it says who created all things so that the church may manifold the wisdom of God might be known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. And so, also quick plug, <laughs> I want to do uh, Unseen Realm. It's a book that a lot of us have read. Um, it's by Dr. Michael Heiser. What's the, what's the easy read version called? 
Uh, we look it up every time. Um, I don't know. I know. Supernatural. Supernatural. Yes. Thank you. Supernatural. Okay. So the, the easy read version, version is supernatural. Yeah. The hour long teaching that we did, basically, that's like a mini version of, not, it's not a mini version. The point was like what God led for this group. Yeah. Um, oh man, I taught it. I should know what it's called. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, it's called Elohim. Uh, just Elohim. called Elohim. That's why. Okay. It's called Elohim. Gotcha. That's the word for God's or spirits in Hebrew. <laughs> so. Why would you title it what you teach about? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll title it something about conspiracy theory. theory. But to get back on track, like, that was part of, like, the mystery of yeah. of God and of understanding that, like, God is a big God and a God of, like, not just us, but, like, the spiritual realm and understanding more of that and I know like it can kind of seem scary at first but like again like if you want to talk about it if you want to read that book like there's more going on than we see (laughs) and that's why it's so important to know God and to see the things that are like hidden and understand those more but when Christ came he came to say like this is the God above gods like (laughs) he like came to re-inherit the nations because they were under other gods and other principalities and it says in Ephesians like our battle is not against flesh and blood it's against principalities things of the air there's more to that but it's again like yeah in the heavenly places yeah there there you go yeah and so wow yeah imagine that um and so like really that brings it down to like why the spirit is important and why knowing God is important because like there are a lot of other spirits out there and like I've said things that you can submit to and so like in order to be able to discern that like you need to know God and the more I start to know who God is the more I start to know what's not God I maybe can't always like pinpoint it right away but I'm like oh that's not the God that I spent time in prayer with yesterday (laughs) like that's not mm." and so that's just so important that's why Christ came to to say that like <laughs> things can be redeemed that that he's bringing people back to him so going into that that the church should be like <laughs> stewarding the mysteries and the wisdom of god i want to bring up a really quick point about daniel two forty-seven. the king answered and said to daniel truly your god is god of gods and lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries for you've been able to reveal this mystery So the context of this verse is in um, Babylon, who the Babylonians have captured some of the Israelites and brought them into their territory. And Daniel is one of those Israelites who is living in a foreign land. And the king, Nebuchadnezzar, who is a Babylonian and does not worship Yahweh or their God, um, he's trying to determine this dream and what it means and all these different things and different people try. And then Daniel is the only one who can reveal it and who can share with him the mystery. And King Nebuchadnezzar, like, sees that, and he sees that, like, Daniel is intimate with the Father, and that the Father has revealed those things to him, and because of that, he rejoices. Because of, like, what Daniel revealed, Nebuchadnezzar is able to see that that God is the God above gods, and the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. And so, I think that's so important, and, like, (laughs) again, like, Nebuchadnezzar believed in a different God before that, but, like, because of... Daniel, because of his faith, because of him stepping out, because of his relationship with God, it changed things. <laughs> and our, what'd you say? Bad time to say he still gets fed to a lion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not over for him yet. <laughs> but, but like, our is our faith. <laughs> but like, 
is our faith, is our time with God changing people's lives? And again, I guess this is a good point to bring up that there are like personal revelations. There are things that God will tell you like for yourself and for him. And I think that's fine and good and like intimate and there'll be moments that like speak to your heart directly. But again, Paul says in Ephesians that it's like for the church, like it's for like the bigger body. Like I think in America we get, or just the Western church, we like individualize it a lot. And we talked about that. And so like we individualize these revelations for like, what house should I buy? Or like what, I don't know, all these like different revelations that are fine but like our ultimate goal should be like (laughs) knowing like Christ and making him known and so I think there's revelations that are for us but like there's bigger revelations that are for God's people and that go beyond us and it's not just about like our own faith walk and like yes be intimate with the Lord let him lead you in your own decisions but like also like live your life for the church and connect it with the body and that the decisions are bigger than like just you and therefore his glory and for his name to be known and so when you receive these revelations like you should want to share them they should want to be bigger and impact people's lives and like the things that god are telling you like should change your life and other people's lives second corinthians 5 19 through 21 therefore we are ambassadors for christ god making his appeal through us We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We're ambassadors for God, for Christ. (laughs) But God is making his appeal through us. We're ambassadors. We're taking on that message. The king sends out like messengers to represent him. We are representing him now if we call ourselves a Christian and we want (laughs) to represent him faithfully and not in vain. And so are we imploring people to be reconciled to Christ? Is that what we're doing? Are we saying like, come on, like you can do it. Like I implore you, like there's, there's so much more than just like this life that you're living and you trying to get yourself right and all the condemnation and all the shame and all the decisions that like are just fleeting and are going to lead to destruction and death are we imploring each other and everyone else are we being God's ambassador so (laughs) to wrap it up a little bit like do you want to know God that's like the first question and if you don't want to know God then like don't call yourself a Christian please (laughs) like I know that's really harsh but like honestly like if you're not seeking to know God then you're just bearing his name in vain and it's making it harder for all of us. <laughs> and two, once you like <laughs> know those things and know God, are you like letting that knowledge change your life? Are you letting God know you as well and letting him um, <laughs> change you and renew you? And like, is it a two-way street? Because sometimes I think I just talk to God too much <laughs> and I don't listen. Or maybe sometimes he does all the talking and like I need to like share more of my heart and ask him questions and just it's a relationship it really is and so like are we treating it that way are we wanting to know God are we seeking questions and asking them and then that last one which I think is important for a lot of this group and like the next step is are you being an ambassador like we've done the groundwork we talked about like in Hebrews 4 and 5 like we know those principles we know those things we've been baptized (laughs) we've done these things and so like 
I know some of us are going away for break. I know things are changing. I know like it's a crazy season like in the world. (laughs) But don't let like what's happening in the world like (laughs) conflict on what's happening in God's kingdom and his spirit and like focus on God's kingdom more than what's going on here. And so (laughs) we want to help you in that. But like this is also a chance for you to like prove that you are an ambassador and that you can do it and like we are behind you supporting you like 100% but again like can you like do it in the way that you're not like just relying on all of us are you going confidently before the throne and then confidently sharing what you've learned from God is there confidence in both of those areas (laughs) because to know God is to have eternal life And to have eternal life (laughs) is an incredible gift that I want all people to come to the knowledge of and to understand and to know that our God is a God worth submitting to and serving and worth knowing.